The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, Do You Rush to Judgment? Why and How to Stop? Do you have a tendency to jump to conclusions with very little evidence but lots of certainty? I certainly do. I find it downright irresistible to have an opinion (laughs) about everyone and everything. Most of us do. In fact, the news is full of stories about what we have decided is true about Ray Rice, the Middle East, people with opposing political views, and just about everything else. Are our opinions accurate? Have we taken the time to study the situation? Do we have access to all the facts? Where do our opinions come from? Why do we need them? And what mischief do they cause? Because when we rush to judgment, we can do a lot of damage, leap into war, condemn the innocent, or ruin the lives of people who are in the public eye doing what many others do in private. Let's talk about how we rush to judgment and the damage that causes. Let's talk about why we think we need to have opinions about everything. Let's talk about how we can learn to pause long enough to get the information we need to be judicious rather than judgmental. Tune in, call in, share, and join our post-show forum. And now, here is Beth from the Inside Out. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you today. I hope that you're glad to be with me or that you will be glad as we go through with this, uh, this program. So, I guess the first thing that we want to do is ask ourselves those questions. Do we have opinions about everything? Or do we have opinions about most everything? And what do we base those opinions on? And are we really willing to look at this? I would say that it's very difficult to confront ourselves on the topic of opinions. We all feel that we have a right to an opinion. In fact, isn't that a a saying that we have, a slogan? I have the right to my opinion. I'm entitled to my own opinion. I am entitled to my own opinion. Entitled, no less. Now, of course, this is a democracy. And, uh, you know, in that respect, of course, we are entitled to think for ourselves. But, you know, there is a large difference between thinking for ourselves and having an opinion. Now, how can that be? We kind of take it for granted that they're the same things, don't you think, James? Hello, James. Don't you think they're the same oh. thing? Oh, sorry, I was on mute there. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, whatever I think, I feel free to voice. So they're virtually synonymous. And you see, what is occurring to me as we're talking is that if we thought more for ourselves, we would have fewer opinions. Now, how could that possibly be true? Well, we start with a question about where do our opinions come from, generally speaking. Are you game to take a look at this? And by the way, we'd like to encourage you to call in today. 
this would be a lot of fun if you call in and talk about how you jump to conclusions and jump to judgment and um, what we can do to help you to overcome that pattern. So, James, how would you like to announce our phone number Yes, right away? If you'd like to call, that number is 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Great. Okay. So when I ask the question, where do our opinions come from, um, I'd like you to really think about that. How many of your opinions are formed out of a group consciousness? What do I mean by a group consciousness? I mean, when we're kids, we have a family. And most of us as children automatically absorb the belief system of our family. That is normal. In fact, it's more than normal. It's survival. Supposing you have a very different point of view from that of your parents. Some people will applaud that and say, That's marvelous that you're thinking for yourself. But a lot of parents are going to be very ruffled, especially if they agree with each other. Now, let's say your parents don't agree with each other. Then it becomes very important to each parent to make sure that you agree with them because that becomes part of the battle against the other parent to make the other parent look dumb or stupid or wrong. So then now you are being asked to merge with the consciousness of one parent against the other. Now, I have noticed, and I bet you have too, that when I look at families, like in the store, just kids, I listen to the voices and I watch the mannerisms of these young children and they truly mimic their parents. Haven't you ever noticed that a boy, child, often has the same mannerisms as his dad. Have you noticed that, James? Oh, yeah. Uh, I took that on myself. Oh, of having the same mannerisms as your dad? Yes. And the same expressions. In fact, when we're with other people long enough, we pick up their little mannerisms and their little ways of speaking, and suddenly we find words and phrases coming out of our mouth that we had never uttered before. But we recognize that they sound an awful like, lot like Aunt Mindy or my friend Sue or even somebody that I don't like. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it just gets ingrained in us because we keep hearing it and it, it becomes part of our reality. And it's the same way with our opinions and ideas. Most kids at least start off life with similar political views to their parents. Now, let's say you're living in an environment of rebellion. Well, then the most important thing is that we don't agree with our parents. So our opinions have to be the opposite of our parents. Or to put, them, put it another way, you could say that our opinions have to be in harmony with the opinions of the group that we are now bonding with against our parents. So if our parents were for drugs we might align ourselves with a bunch of kids who are against drugs. Or if our parents were against drugs, as they were you know, in my generation, um, 
then we may be, you know, all of a sudden feel that drugs are really great. Now, I am not saying that any one of these opinions is wrong or intrinsically bad. But what I am saying is, have I really thoroughly investigated something before I jump to a conclusion? No, I'm describing already that most of us are being impacted by the impressions that we have of what our parents or a closely knit social group already believes. Now, on top of this, there's another way that we form opinions, and that is by being manipulated through certain words and certain images that are flashed on a screen or are told to us on a radio show. That is, those of us who are, those who are speaking to us are very aware of what triggers anger, what triggers indignation, what triggers sympathy, what triggers the, oh, that's so cute, right? right. And so when somebody wants us, I notice this all the time, by the way, I receive a request for donations to a political party on a regular basis. And I see two kinds of messages coming through. One message is, everything is a catastrophe. If you don't give me your money today, the world will come to an end. And that is a fear-based message. Very good way to get me reacting. Oh, my God. This terrible thing is happening. These horrible people have all this money, and they're going to be buying time on the airwaves, and I've got to do something like right now. And so uh, is my opinion coming from my mind or I don't even know what my opinion is on whatever it is that they're alarming me about because I haven't even taken the time to study what they're talking about. You know, they'll say, oh, my God, all cats under seven pounds are going to be exterminated tomorrow. Give money to us to stop this outrage. I am so outraged and so upset because I'm a cat lover that I'm sending them the money and I haven't even checked to see whether or not it's true or to see why every cat under the age of seven is going to be exterminated. I I don't even have time because most of us make decisions based on our feelings and our feelings can clearly be manipulated. The other way that my feelings can get manipulated, and I think others too, which can help us to form an, an opinion, is, oh my God, we're winning. We are so close to winning. All you have to do is make a donation and we are going to win. So now I'm being appealed to, not so much based on fear, but based on another kind of ego manipulation, which is, oh my God, we, I've got, we are one step away from the power And all I have to do is give money, and we will win this victory. And I'll be on the winning side. And I'll be on the winning side. I think, James, you you love that. I mean, we've noticed that about you in sports We've noticed that about me, yeah, with sports. Yeah, exactly. I've been trying to tone that down. (laughs) (laughs) Always looking for the next great winner that you can identify with. So these are just two ways that we're being manipulated. Now, again, I could be easily swayed if somebody sends me an email and saying, we're so close to winning, 
we've got this great candidate. Oh, they're uh, up against this horrible candidate. Just give me, you know, your money and we can do this thing. And have I taken the time to actually investigate anything about my candidate or their candidate? Or have I taken the time to done a- do any investigation about any issue that I see? Because, please, as James, you always say this, don't confuse me with the facts. <laughs> so what I'm trying to demonstrate, and I hope that you're sitting there laughing about yourself and that you recognize you in this because I can't be the only one who rushes to judgment. And it's the same thing with the media because, my God, there are so many media outlets. How do you catch people's attention? Every time I do an e-card or a, a description for Inside Out Radio, I have to ask myself, what is the sexiest title I can give this? How can I get you to listen to my show? So I have to ask you something that's going to trigger you to want to at least read the, the description of the show or tune me in. Thank you for being me. inside out and fully revealing, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do anything else. It's uh, it's my religion. So, anyway, there it is. We are definitely triggered. And so, when the media uh, puts a headline on, what am I going to read? Okay, there have been 400,000 birds migrating from Denver to Wisconsin this summer. Okay, is that a show that you're likely to click on the e-card and say, what is that about? Or if it says, um, birds commit suicide by flying from Denver to Wisconsin into a snowstorm. (laughs) (laughs) I ask you honestly, which one are you really more likely to look at? Obviously the latter. I, 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 I hope you said that because I don't want to be the, uh, the only idiot on the planet <laughs> who's manipulated by these things. You've got a lot of company. And then when I go to it, um, there are, you know, uh, something is going to be fed in me. Like, oh, you see, if I'm a scientist, I might read the one that says 400,000 birds migrate because that's who I am and that's, you know, the, the way I think, but if I am just an ordinary schlub like myself, uh, something has to attract me to that, and it has to be in some context that is going to be meaningful to me. Now, I'm going to take an example of Ray Rice, which I think most everybody knows that uh, he had a video of him knocking out his fiance, who then married him. And people rushed to judgment or to defense in an instant. I don't know whether this woman had thrown a bottle of beer at his head right before that scene or whether he had been drinking or he's a total asshole. But I am already forming an opinion about his behavior because I'm so angry about domestic violence in general. And so then he becomes the face of domestic violence, and I don't know whether or not 
this is the case, or I don't know whether or not this man was truly remorseful, and I don't know whether or not this man's, the, pro, the appropriate punishment for him is to remove him from football forever. I don't actually know any of that. In fact, even if he uh, did not have a bottle of beer thrown at him and he is completely out of control with his anger, I don't know whether suspending him forever from football is actually the way to solve the program, the problem of his anger, which is, after all, what we should be looking at. But if I am aghast about domestic violence, I am going to put his face on it and make this become a cause. And if I'm a great lover of his football team and I don't want to lose him, I'm going to minimize it. Where have those judgments come from? Have they come from information or have they come from another agenda that's running in the back of my head that impacts the way that I perceive what it is that I'm reading and I'm seeing. And I see this every day. I am not exonerating Ray Rice. I'm not condemning Ray Rice. I don't believe in domestic violence. Don't misunderstand me. (laughs) And I think something needs to be done. But what? What is the appropriate thing in this case? If I have been bullied all my life, you bet I am going to be outraged when I see somebody acting like a bully. I'm going to want that person to be stopped. And sometimes I'm going to want them to be punished. And usually I'm going to want them to be put in their place because there is an agenda running in the back of me, which is an emotional agenda to deal with the pain that I experienced because I was bullied. And that is human and that is understandable. But please don't make me the judge in the case unless I am willing and able to set aside every preformed opinion that I have and become willing to actually evaluate the facts, listen to the arguments, and be willing to hear and be open to what is the right thing to do, which, you know, from my perspective is we check in with divine guidance. So I invite you to call in and share your stories about how you may have rushed to judgment and where that came from and what we can do about it. So stay tuned because there's lots more to come, including, I hope, some healing around this so we can support each other to stop and to start doing something that is more beneficial to us, our nervous systems, because we get crazy when we read about these things, and our world. So stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction, 
Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. I, I understand that we have a couple of callers on the line. I'm so glad. But before we put them on, I'd like to just share a couple of other kinds of situations that I'd like you to think about, which is, for instance, and I know a lot of people are going to take umbrage at me saying this, but uh, even, even the Islamic State, which we are now being asked to go to war with, I'm not saying that these are good guys, but what I'm saying is, how much do we know before we're asked to decide whether or not we should bomb them uh, arm people against them, go to war against them. How much information do we actually get and how much of a drumbeat do we get? And finally, I'd like to talk about something which I alluded to earlier, which is so darned hard to stand up to our friends and say, I don't know the answer to that when everybody else seems to and wants you to agree. So our first caller is Helen from San Diego. Helen, welcome to Inside Out. Thank you. Well, my my situation is not on such a grand scale <clears throat> as world politics. It's much more self-centered. Um, <laughs> but how I rush to judgment about my husband. Oh, my God, that too. And uh, just in the last week, I have had two episodes in which I was absolutely sure that he was completely wrong, and my ego got so invested in judging him that he was wrong that I uh, neglected to even look for a resolution to the problem. Mm. And it was pointed out to me by my dear friend, (laughs) he shall remain nameless, that did I want to prove he was wrong or did I want to find a solution to the problem? <laughs> and and, and <laughs> uh, it happened again after it was pointed out to me one time. It happened again. And both times the resolution was so simple once I just went toward him and said, let's not fight about that. Let's find a, a solution to the problem. And I, I am just appalled at myself. Mm. appalled at my tendency to rush to judgment and be so self-righteous about my perspective. And I just wanted to share that because I think it's certainly not just me. I am so that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a counselor, and I, I can't tell you how many times my clients come in and, well, he this or she that or they this or, you know, well, of course I'm Republican or of course I'm a Democrat or of course I'm this or that because blah, blah, blah. So I think I'm, that you, I'm glad you're having a, a, a <laughs> show about it today because we all desperately need this healing. Thank you, Helen. I, I really think this you've made an important point, which is, you know, as I've been talking about what are the things that are making these decisions for us and creating these opinions? Is it really that we are thinking for ourselves or that we're not thinking for ourselves? And what you've described is how the ego thinks for us. That my, my need to be right, and I am so, uh, I mean, I do this too. My need to be right really trumps my need to have problems solved. Or to get close. In fact, I might be too scared to get close to anybody to even want to resolve differences. I may always be trolling for some place and some way to feel afraid of somebody or to do to disagree with them so that we can have this constant kind of friction between us. I don't want to be close to people. So what you're bringing up on the personal level is so critical. And it's the little ego comes in and says, oh, you're, you're so right. You're so wonderful. He's such a jerk. And it just keeps feeding it over and over and over and just blinds us and deafens us to actually paying any attention not only to whether or not there is actually a solution readily available if we would just avail ourselves of it, but also we don't even listen to the other person's point of view. Because I completely concur. I mean, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up, too, about the other people around us because I've had that experience of family members or whatever saying, you know, how can you stand that, that he does blah, blah, blah? And I say, you know what? I love him, and I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on the solution. And they, yeah. they don't want to do that because, because yeah. they're looking for an excuse to not have a relationship at all or whatever the, it is. Yes, yes. And, and another point I think that comes up in these kind of personal situations is that um, – we like to have an edge and think that we're good in some ways and we know we're not. We know we're selfish. We know we're uh, you know, angry. We know we're self-centered. We know all these things about ourselves. And if we can possibly make somebody else look worse than we look to ourselves, then there's a good chance that we can make ourselves feel better. And so when you talk about family... Let's say, uh, I'm not speaking about your case necessarily, but let's say you've had parents who have been neglectful in some way and you come along with a boyfriend. And they look at this boyfriend and they tell you how bad he is. And this gives them the feeling that they were better for you than he could possibly be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're compensating for what they did in the past by judging who you're around in the present. Very good point. So there it is. So have the big ears open to what is the motivation behind someone's opinion. 
are they looking to align themselves with somebody against you or against someone else? Are they looking to align themselves with you against uh, your husband? You know, what is the motive? God told us a long time ago. It's, it's why you do something that counts, not what you do, because you can't do the right thing for the wrong reason. And I've mentioned this on Inside Out before. So if we are coming out of a need to prove something about ourselves or we are coming from a visceral emotional reaction because we have been manipulated and we don't even want to stop and find out because we feel safer when we are uh, bonding together with the other guys who are trying to fight this, whatever this is, then those are wrong reasons for our actions and for our opinions. But can we stop ourselves? And in fact, at times I think it is so much wiser to say, I just don't know. I really don't know. I have no opinion about that. And look stupid because you're supposed to have an opinion. Isn't that the truth? I mean, I am so reluctant to just say, I'm doing it so much more now than I ever have in my life. But the idea of just saying, I have no idea. Yes. I have no idea about that. I mean, I always thought that made me look so stupid. And so, you know, I don't care if I know anything about it at all. <laughs> I'm going to have an opinion. It's just unfathomable. Okay, guys out there, we have one more caller that I'm going to take right now. But please do not hesitate to call in. I know you're listening. And I know you have done this. So let's get honest. Thank you so much, Helen, for all the points that you brought up. So uh, now we'd like to bring on Erica from San Diego. Hi, Beth. Hello, Erica. I'm so glad you have this topic today. It's so timely for me. I have just become embarrassingly aware of how judgmental I am specifically by being a suspicious person. (laughs) (laughs) I will gather facts, but only ones that will support my preset judgment, my opinion. Oh, yes, me too. (laughs) Oh, and uh, I just want out. (laughs) I want to become more aware. Um, I want to know, you know, how to stop myself in the moment. And it's, um, it's tough. It's embarrassing. Isn't it marvelous? We can start to become more embarrassed by having opinions than not having opinions. <laughs> you know, when uh, we've done that, my God, we can turn this corner. You know, I, I think I can just continually be humbled by how much I don't know mm-hmm. and start there. And, um, but the rest, I, you know, it's such a longstanding habit that I don't even know where it came from, but... Talking about the family, that's a pretty good hint. I think so. Well, maybe we can spend a moment uh, talking about your situation, and I bet you that there will be other people out there who will identify. But before we do that, uh, James, would you remind folks about our phone number? Yes. If you'd like to call us, please call one 866 472 5795. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. I love the fact that you said, James, 
if you'd like to call us. What I'd like to reframe that as is, even if you don't want to call us. (laughs) Call anyway. (laughs) You may feel like you really should call us. And please do, because we are all in this together. Uh, Certainly, we are not the only. Erica, uh, Helen, James, and I cannot be the only four people on the planet who rush to judgment. (laughs) Okay, so let's Everybody else is in denial. (laughs) Uh, That's it. That's it. So, and we have an opinion about that, which is that they are in denial. Notice I have an opinion about everybody on the planet without having to have a single fact. Exactly. Maybe they are listening to this after the show and they can't call in. Or their cell phone just broke. uh, Or they're in the bathtub. So, anyway, let's do a quick uh, discussion with Erica because we actually, uh, I think, have more people calling in. And But I'd like to really follow up on what Erica said. She, she really wants help in stopping this. So um, the question, the first question that comes to mind is, uh, who were you afraid that you would look stupid in front of if you didn't have an opinion? First one that comes to mind. And if you... And what? If you have trouble with this... Uh, what I'd like you to do is hang up. We'll go to the next caller, but call back immediately because uh, if you don't have an answer, do come back. Yeah. There, I, I can't put you on hold, but I can ask you to hang up. I'll go to my next caller and come back because I know you know who this is. <laughs> I, I just want to choose mother or father or even both. But okay. Mother, okay, well, both mother. it's mother. It's mother. Yeah. You knew it was mother. Yeah. I bet you you knew it was mother. Okay. And why didn't you want uh why were you afraid that mother would think you were stupid if you didn't have an opinion? Well, if I, I it really felt like if I didn't share her opinion, I would be stupid. Well, that is the next step. But the first step is if you didn't have an opinion, you were stupid. And and yes, it's connected to if I didn't have an opinion and if it wasn't hers. Because mm-hmm. how did she treat people who did not agree with her? Oh, they were less than. They just, they weren't, you know, with it. They didn't understand. That's right. So what I'd like you to do now is I'd like you to imagine yourself having a conversation and we're going to be going to break in a couple of minutes. And during the break, I'd like you to have a conversation with your mother where you listen to her making opinionated remarks on things and saying, Mother, how do you know that? Or what makes you think that? And uh, I appreciate the fact that you see it that way, but I really don't know. And just keep doing it over and over and over until you start laughing because it won't even be hard anymore. Oh, very good. I will All right. do that. Excellent. Thank you so much for calling. We Thank have you. only a couple of minutes before our commercial break, but I would like to bring on our next caller, and then she can stay with us during our break, and that is Christine. Okay, Christine. Yeah. So I just called. You said to call whether or not we want to, but I was already yes. calling. And I just... Um, I just feel like I'm a mess, and I joke with my friends. This is like the best free counseling on the planet, <laughs> calling into the Inside Out show. 
Um, so I don't know if my, uh, my, my mess, my machina is related to opinions, but I would imagine, um, there's some connection. Um, and so really, let me clarify, are you saying you're just feeling like a mess in this moment and you're wondering if it has to do with the topic? Yes. Aha, very good. Well, since we're going to in, go into commercial break in like about 30 seconds, why don't we get the answer to that question first? Then okay. we'll put you on hold. So just ask me, you know, I'm going to put on my uh, Swami Bethananda cap, and <laughs> why don't you just ask me a yes or no question about that very topic? Okay, is my state of mess right now related to the topic of the, today's Inside Out Radio show? Yes, it is. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. So, you know, we're going to go to break now. You hang in there. And uh, guys out there, we still have some time left for us, uh, another caller or two. And then I would really like to get into healing this even more than we just did with Erica. So stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Inside Out. So, we have a very interesting situation here. We have Christine on the phone, and she says she's feeling like a mess, and she asked whether or not it has something to do with the topic, and it does, and none of us has any idea how this is going to be, but we're going to trust <laughs> uh, in my intuitive powers here and in Christine's consciousness, and maybe James will throw something into uh, to find out um, what this is really about. Okay, so ask me another question, Christine. Does it have to do with work? No. Does it have to do with spirituality? Yes. Hmm. Hmm, that's right. Boy, if it had been work, it would have been so easy. It would have been so easy. <laughs> but no, no, we had to pick the one that's confusing to us. 
<sighs> Keep going. Um, it doesn't have to do with an opinion about spirituality. No. Okay. Does it have to do with my spirituality? Yes. <sighs> okay, so now dig deep. You know, maybe this is going to be part of the healing process. I have no idea because we have you and this very confusing question. James said he wanted to share something. I did <laughs> promise we were going to do some healing on this other than Erica. We only have a few minutes left, and I'm thinking, <laughs> what in heaven's name is supposed to happen here? But, of course, I have no opinion mm-hmm. about how this is supposed to go, what it's supposed to look like. Aha! Uh-huh. I wonder if that is the clue. That you have no opinion about what it's supposed to look like? Right. And do I have an opinion of what my spirituality should look like? You have an opinion about what everything is supposed to look like. <laughs> and, and what does that what does that have to do with spirituality? Ooh, this is getting interesting. <laughs> um I don't know. It could be using spirituality to make everything uh, adhere to my opinion. Yes. The purpose of spirituality, and I am that. I can identify with this. The purpose of spirituality is to turn people into the way I want them to be and turn the the universe into the way I think it should be. That's right. Isn't that obvious? Duh. And wh- why are you feeling all agitated about that topic right now? Is it because that doesn't work? It doesn't, does it? No. But there's something else. Just go a little bit deeper into yourself. Right. I think I've discovered before that it doesn't work. Um, yes. Hmm. Is it just that it's coming to my awareness more? It feels like it's coming to a head. Uh-huh. You know, this is very interesting because I feel very challenged by what I'm saying, (laughs) which is a good thing. I think, you know, I have a definite feeling about the way the world should look. Everyone Mm -hmm. should be in harmony. Everyone should love each other and all of that. And, of course, as a spiritual teacher, I try to appeal to people on that basis and say, hey, guys, you know, we would have a much better world if we started to overcome the domination of, e- of the ego. Why don't you read my book, Living with Reality, which is free? Just go to BethGreen.org, sign up for the newsletter, and you will get my book, and then you'll know how to fix the world. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, I have this belief that there is a, a, a consciousness higher than my own. Now, I would like to think that everything that I say and do is attributable to that consciousness that, hi- that is higher than my own. However, how do I know, honestly, that I don't edit out the things that I don't want to hear because they don't fit the picture that I have of what spirituality is going to look like? And mm. in fact, I'm about to make a video with ha- which has beautiful images and lofty music, which I wrote. I didn't do the images, though. Beautiful art and talking about spirituality beyond the ego because I believe that that is what spirituality is supposed to feel like. And it isn't supposed to feel like what it often does feel like. Now, so mm-hmm. does that mean that I should give up my view? Well, Yes and no. And this has to do with opinions in general. 
I might say that in my experience, life feels so different when people try to support one another. I might say that in my experience, when we don't let the ego dominate us, that there are openings for us to solve our problems. I might say a number of things like that, and all of that would be true. That would be a reflection of my experience. And I can say this opinion is based on this experience. And yet that does not necessarily mean that it is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It just means that I have at least made an effort to, vet, to come to a conclusion based on my experience. What, is, what the problem is, is that when we do not even allow ourselves to have an observation, to see things, to even use our common sense to challenge the opinions that we already have that are not based on our valid experience. I may have had the experience of having been bullied at five years old, and I'm very angry about that, and that is a valid experience. But what is not necessarily valid is that just because I'm having an emotion that says so-and-so is bullying me, that doesn't mean that they actually are. I may not actually know that. I may be imposing on the reality the experience that I had in the past. So what I am saying here is not that we shouldn't ever have opinions. It is that we shouldn't rush to judgment and that we have to continue to be vigilant, to ask questions, to open ourselves up to what might be more true than what we're already thinking and feeling. And so when it comes to my spirituality, I have to be willing to say, this is how I have felt better, more calm, more in resonance, more helpful when I am like this and when I do these things. That's all I can say. And I can say that that is my opinion and that it is based on my experience. But then I leave the door open. The door open to the universe teaching me that there are higher levels of being than I can imagine. So, Christine. Yes. What does that have to do with you? Um, well, I think I got the gist of it. I was, um, the highway patrol came up and said I was actually doing something highly illegal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had to move. Luckily, they didn't give me the $500 fine. I, apparently, if you, um, if you pause anywhere close to the off-ramp, um, that's still part of the way. But anyways... They didn't find me. I just moved. So I, I couldn't listen to everything. But I think what you're saying is that you, um, you know, there are things that are informed by your experience. You have a view that the world should be more harmonious and, you know, people should support each other. Or that when that happens, that, that the experience is better. Um, and you don't give that up, that that's your experience, but you try and remain more open to what that higher consciousness may give you and not edit it out. Yes. Um, and if I, um, if I apply that to myself, yes, um, I think it really breaks down a sense of safety that I've used 
spirituality for. Yes. That I can be safe. Yes. If, you know, the world is a certain way. Yes. And, um, and it, it, it has to look my way. Yes. Like yes. the guy, the highway patrol guy was very, like, <laughs> was very arrogant and, sn- and snotty about his comment um, and condescending. I'm like thinking, that's not nice, you know, but he may have just saved my life. Yes. Um, and in my universe, <laughs> he should have been more respectful that, you know, he's warning me not to break the law. <laughs> right, or put yourself in danger. Right, exactly. So I think that is like kind of a fundamental paradigm that is being broken. I think you are right, and that we have an idea of what a, the delivery of the universe's message needs to look like. Yeah. I tell you, I was sitting in a meeting once, and in that meeting, I heard someone talking and I didn't like what they had to say and I heard a voice very clearly in my head it was the voice of God right and God said to me or this is what my opinion is that it was the voice of God he says forget the messenger listen to the message mm-hmm. stop getting all upset and focusing on the, the that you don't like the way somebody said that to you or who said it to you just is he said the only he, she, it, God said, the only thing that matters is, is it true? So having the life be sweet, having everybody be sweet to us is so much what we're looking for in spirituality. We are looking for a sense of safety, not truth. And when the, the, the need for safety trumps our need for truth, then we are breaking our commitment to living a spiritual life, mm-hmm. which is to be willing to look at the truth and to be a messenger of the truth no matter what. I have to go because we have to close in a moment, but thank you so much for yeah. your call. I'd like to share with you that we have gotten an email, which I, I always hate when people send us an email instead of calling, but in this case, I'll <laughs> share it because this is the first time the person has written, and it's from Corey. And it said, I just wanted to share the following quote by Anne Lamott that seems aligned with your topic. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. I love that message. You, have forgiven, <laughs> you are forgiven for emailing me instead of calling in. That was brilliant. Corey, I thank you so much for this first time that you've ever reached out to uh, Inside Out. I love when new people do that. And please call us next time. And with that, James, would you like to tell us what's coming up next week? And then let's do that quickly so I can come back and close the show with a moment of really taking on what we've learned today. Very good. Next week's edition is about feeling other people's pain and learning to deal with it. Um, So this is something that affects all of us, the people around us that have pain. Uh, If you're a parent who has children, or you have the pain of a sibling competing with you for love or attention when you grew up, or uh, other kinds of pain, uh, people who are sick or ill or homeless or mentally ill, uh, or terrible things going on in the world and you feel the pain of others being hurt. So uh, next week... uh, Why don't you uh, jump in and uh, talk about it and let Beth 
help you find the most productive way to deal with the world's pain, uh, the, the pain in your world and the, the larger world, without hurting yourself or others. And now, a final word from Beth. Thank you so much, James. Ah, I'm looking forward to next week's show because I really need help with that topic. <laughs> I would like to really come back to what we were talking about at the end. If we really want to lead a life that is much more supportive to our universe, we are going to have to stop having opinions even about what spirituality is going to look like. We have to be guided by a consciousness higher than our own, and we may not like it. I, as a spiritual teacher and a counselor, many times have had to confront people in a very firm way, and they looked at me and they've thought, that woman is mean, or she's a bully, or she's trying to manipulate me, or whatever, and I am just really following the inner guidance that is coming to me that I have to confront this because in that moment I am like that CHP officer because I'm trying to save your life, my life, to be a part of us saving our lives. So I love that analogy. It's so perfect. We need to be willing to be the agents of that consciousness and say, I don't want to agree with your opinion right now because I don't have this information, even if it pisses people off. And we have to be willing to hear the truth when we hear it and stop using every subterfuge to avoid the truth. So thank you so much for tuning in to Inside Out. I hope that you continue to to, uh, participate in the show by listening, by calling, And by joining our post-show forum, go look on the host page to the right. There's a link to that. Till I see you next time, God bless. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.